0: Welcome to today's episode and today Evie is joining me and it's actually quite interesting how we met each other and it was in a coaching trajectory in university back in the day. And right now Evie is a PhD student, a blogger, a podcaster, traveler and a coach. And the reason that we now talk to each other is because she also recently started a podcast and that's how we again got connected after quite some time after university. So I'm really glad that happened and welcome a fellow podcaster.
1: Thanks, Julian, for having me over. I'm really so happy that I know somebody who is doing this and who just started as well because it's very hard to start a new thing. And also when you see the people around you having been doing this for a long time you feel so behind and it's stressful and you compare this whole social comparison thing happens and you know you shouldn't but it does happen and then i finally found somebody i know uh and uh, he is you know in a similar position so it is super great for me as well thank you really you initiated it i'm grateful i'm very happy to be here and look forward to all those questions um that's i'm probably gonna elaborate in a different direction anyway but that's fine
0: (laughs) yeah let's just see see where it leads us uh we we got some some uh topics that we have in common and i'm also want to wanted to appreciate the the start that you did with your website because i also did that a couple of times now (laughs) to start a website as well uh, with either a blog or with a podcast connected and it's it's quite a step usually to do that, to figure out how to, I think you did it with WordPress as well, to to figure that out, to post something there, to put out content, to start the whole thing, the idea. And generally, it's like starting something out of nowhere, especially um, when you don't have the environment around you that everybody's doing a podcast now. Um, if you don't have that, it's getting even more difficult. Maybe then even like the first thing, how did you even get to start the podcast when nobody was around you doing that. How did you, why did you start it?
1: Honestly, because of people keep telling me my voice is so good. And I am a very, I'm a talkative person. So it wasn't a problem to talk. But then I wasn't thinking about my uh, doing a podcast myself as much as people will be like, you know what? You should try that. Why not? You, you, you like to reflect on things. You like to disc- you have so much knowledge about things that are relevant to people because psychology, right? That, that relates to, to different people. And you're kind of like giving those lectures about topics randomly. So why not just sit down and record it? And your voice is so great. So people will be. Okay, listening, it's not it's not like unpleasant thing to listen to, right? And I was like, okay, why not? So it wasn't exactly that I woke up one morning and I decided to do it out of the blue. Just a couple of things connected the stars aligned, and then it was up to my motivation and like productivity to get up and actually do it.
0: Oh wow, so the your environment was basically telling you, you're great. You have talent. You should do it, <laughs> and and then eventually you got convinced to to start it.
1: Yeah, and not convinced that I'm so talented and great, but convinced <laughs> to give it a try for sure. Yeah, I think it takes more time for a skill to develop. So for you to start believing in yourself about a skill.
0: And how did did you then come up with the the topic as well? Uh, I would just assume that it's somewhat dear to your heart but why what is the topic and uh, why do you want to talk about it
1: you know that is a very good question actually because i'm having like a, a bit of like um productivity crisis about it so the topic of my podcast is uh the mess called relationships and i started this uh topic for two reasons one because I keep listening about everybody uh, around me talking about their relationship. So it seems to be something that people are concerned about it. So I'm like, okay, people care about this. They do worry about it. Uh, so it is it is popular topic in a way, right? But not just in a way that is trendy, but it seems to be something that people just care about. So if I create any content, it has to bring value, right? And for value to, to be there, the people need to be worried or caring about that right but on the other hand it was just my own background like we study so many different things in our uh, bachelor but actually when you start thinking about it most of the things we learn is relating to communication relationships and habits most of the things really the the core issues are those and that's actually psychology that's the whole human thing we what we are is habits good or bad Mm. and what we do out of You know, our life is communication, good or bad, with like different people. So relationships essentially are what makes us humans, in my opinion. So this is where I started. This is how I saw it at first. And then now I'm having a bit of second thoughts because I started thinking a bit more in the long term and be like, okay, if you are investing time in something, where is that leading you? Where are you going with that? And then I thought, well, if I'm doing, let's say, I don't know, a few months, few years of a podcast on relationships, eventually you become an expert on relationships because you bring other people, their perspectives on your podcast. So you basically, you keep reading, you keep doing your research, because that's how you create content. You just don't like wake up one day thinking i'm just gonna speak up my mind you try to be irrelevant you try to be informative right and then you bring people who talk about it so eventually become an expert on the topic because you're so involved into that topic
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then i'm like do i want this and this is when i thought i don't i do want the the idea with the value and idea with helping people but I don't think my purpose is to sit down and coach people for their relationship. Mm. So I I very much give myself the credit for taking a, an interesting and a passionate topic, putting it into work. But then I also appreciate I, I'm sitting back and reflecting on this and stopping on time before <laughs> I get into the sunk costs of like months and months doing something and be like oh you're you're too far you cannot stop you cannot change now you know so trying to uh, which
0: is by itself almost a myth
1: <laughs> yeah right it's so hard to know what is a myth and what not until you get there though right because you need to get into a certain reality to realize it's a myth um, so yeah it's
0: it's never too late to to change again or to do something different but it's it's Awesome that you share that also so like openly. It's like, okay, I've started this full on enthusiastically. And I was like, oh, was that really the right decision? Like the the sort of just doubt that creeps in at some point of whether it actually, I don't know, gives value to other people, whether somebody is actually interested in listening. Am I the right person to talk about it? Do I want to do that in the future? All of those things come up, and I don't think only in podcasting, or but generally, like when you want to search for a direction, you also connect it just now to purpose. And so, where do you see then, other than relationships, the direction that you want to go at the moment? If it's not relationships, yeah.
1: yeah. First to like just uh, uh reflect on what you said. It's really like no matter what you do, it's supernatural. that You have doubts about it, right? This is like a given the only one way how you have no doubts about a new thing is like either you're very full of yourself or you're just really not reflecting on anything. Like it's just natural. But I think with doubts is uh um like there are two different categories, like constructive doubts that make you think and improve and see what how, how and what you can do better. And deconstructive doubts where you just Basically, bash yourself of, Oh, I don't have the skills. I cannot do that. Who am I to be doing this? And then you're just like being negative in your own head towards yourself. Obviously, gonna end whatever you're doing because you're gonna convince yourself you're not good. So Mm. they are constructive and deconstructive doubts. They're normal to be there. So we shouldn't be avoiding them, but we should be thinking about what is the purpose of that doubt does this is there value of that doubt because sometimes they are and, th- and then it's good but sometimes it's just useless bitching at yourself and then then you have to like sit down and be like okay no uh that's about the doubts and your question about it th- that's actually direction. a beautiful
0: concept to see like doubt as necessary but also can be like a different way of describing like a destructive kind of doubt actually what when you were saying that for me it was like is that true for me? And I think I would describe it just a tiny bit different, which is there is maybe just one kind of doubt, but it spirals down so much at some point that it just gets negative and it just pulls you down and just repeats the other things that have been there before. Mm -hmm. So when you at some point can cut off doubt and use that as a reflective uh, thing to improve or to... uh, be optimistic about something, then that yeah. can be very, very useful. That's at least the perspective I ju- yeah. just got now. <laughs> so, yeah, that is
1: actually, yeah. they're not mutually exclusive because it's hard to say where is the origin, like, you know, to categorize prior or after, obviously, maybe right. originally a doubt is just a doubt and whether you let it go into a positive or, or negative direction is about you and how you manage that doubt. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, that's actually even a better way to phrase it. Eventually it can become either one, but you're yeah. right. At, at, at first you just adopt. Yeah. It's
0: just there. And depending on what happens and afterwards is whether yeah. it's useful for you or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Uh, and yeah, the direction is actually relating to, to uh, what we're talking about today in a way, because I looked back and like, at what i am good at and how i actually help my friends what am i doing that usually is good for the people around me Mm -hmm. because i think this is how you optimize your own skills like you you have something already and you work on it and you make it valuable to others uh and to me this is the whole motivational thing and habits and i i'm usually good at like uh, having the self-determination, like deciding what and, ha- and uh, what I want and where mm-hmm. I want to end. And then as I go figuring out the steps one by one, uh, it's not always easy. I'm not saying it's always like, you know, by the book, but essentially my life has been that I achieve things and I know how to work on habits and goals. And then I thought, well, then that is your direction because you just need to, to make yourself better and useful so that can other people benefit from the same thing. That's that's the only thing I can get you in the long term and stay consistent with like content because everything else, in my opinion, at least, as I have a very huge range of interest, can like mm-hmm. kind of fade away with time because I love plants, but can I talk about plants every week? Not sure. I love cats, but Can I bring any value about, I mean, maybe, but not really an expert do I want to become, not really. Uh, I love uh, relationships. I think they're very important, but do I want one day to be a relationship coach? Not really. So I just really ask myself, what are you good at and what do you want to be identified with? How do you, like, ideally put money aside. What kind of occupation and your position in society will make you feel happy and this is how I arrived to the whole thing with coaching yes, but not in mm-hmm. the relationship uh, um, domain
0: oh okay that sounds really interesting especially like you laid out the whole thinking the, the way you thought about it and how it looked right now it's just like you use sort of the uh, whether it brings value to the other person uh, and your your way of whether you like that vision of this occupation, and use that as a filter for the the all the interests, the the different interests that you have, and see okay which can I crystallize into a future path, and what's, what 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 do I imagine I can have a long lasting motivation for? Is that sort of yeah yeah
1: exactly that's, yeah
0: that sounds really cool. So that's your way sort of of defining that. And this morning I actually talked. Um, to another coach as well, and he was uh, talking about um, what kind of being or person would you like to be? Like, what is the the feeling that you want to, uh, f- I guess, feel uh, when when you um, in in a couple of years or this, this this person that you want to become? And rather than thinking about all oh, this occupation or the other. Th- Sort of societal things, just like who do you want to be as a person? Yeah. What char- characteristics or or um, the connection that you want to have with people uh, once yeah. you have? And I really you know, like that as well.
1: Yeah, this brings me back to a thought about interviews. You know, there is this used to be that you choose the job, right? And you have to fit the job. There is this, you probably remember from our psychology courses, the the fit uh, between person and occupation, right? And it used Mm -hmm. to be the occupation comes there first, almost, and you have to fit yourself to the occupation. So you go to an interview and they ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? And you kind of know what they expect to hear and you kind of like try to fit their narrative so that your vision of yourself fits what they would like to have in five years, right? But if you take a step back, that is a great question that you got to ask yourself. What is like, like you, you are with yourself every single day, right? So if you ask yourself instead, what is fitting me? Like, what is the job that I envision in five years? that fits me that will motivate me to get up every morning that will motivate me to like learn and do overtime what is that job that is going to make me do uh 40 or 70 hours a week right we don't ask this uh, ourselves because very often financially we're forced to think about um the necessity of having a job however very often we we are actually going to make money with our passion if we turn that passion into a job. Because if you're uh, passionate about something and if you show up every fucking single day for it, eventually you become good at it. And if you are good at something, you're going to find somebody that needs that. Whatever it is, it could be gardening. It could be um, picking up the right soil for plants, you know, or like something that at first seems insignificant, Mm -hmm. But once you become good at it, then it's not, then it's going, then you're going to be significant at that thing. So it just really taking that question of the five years plan, but switching it around yourself, not so we are self-centered, but mostly because we are going to be with ourselves no matter what. And it's really, it is the, one of the most important things, what we do and how we see ourselves.
0: Spend so much time on it. And that's so deeply resonating right now, what you're saying of like shifting it around. A lot of the passions that we have can turn into uh, sources that we can live from. And the reason is it kind of did happen for me. So before I had the other podcast and then I was doing a lot of audio editing, a lot of video editing uh, for, for it and also just getting familiar with audio equipment, how to do Recordings. Um, I like meditations a lot. I liked um, also giving workshops online in front of camera and just, you know, doing these kind of things and did that also with another uh, um, small business that we created um, for like, I don't know, a year or something. And all these like passion projects didn't bring any money. <laughs> I sp- obviously spent just money on website and software and whatever. And now in my current job. I'm mainly having one-on-one coachings, but um, I also have a lot of other projects uh, in the company that I'm working for. And one part why I got selected was, oh, because I've experienced giving online workshops. Oh, I can now also record meditations and sell them to them. And I'm still working on something to create a podcast for them. So that might be a thing that, that happens as well. So all these tiny things that was just a passion project that I did on the side are now the things that distinguish me from all the other coaches uh, that want to have a similar job. Yeah. So it's like, it really does happen <laughs> that yeah. because of the skills that you develop with your passions, you either directly can make money with that or through other ways and other people see the value um, and, and use that.
1: Yeah. Because eventually, when you, you know, choose your, uh, first of all, reflect and understand your direction, but then you choose to go for your direction, essentially, everything you do kind of gets surrounded around, around that. And you become better at it naturally because you choose the right book, for example, to read because mm-hmm. it connects to that. You choose the right movie. You choose the right person to talk to. You choose the right uh, hobby when you have time, like the meditation, recording meditation, right? And essentially, you build that package that is defining you and, and ex- expanding your skills. So when you go and look for a job that already uh, needs those things, you read it. You just read it.
0: Yeah, and the fun part was I did none of that because I wanted to make money with it. Yeah. None of it. I didn't expect it even. Like with the, with the workshops in the end a little bit, uh, but it didn't work. So I was like, okay, well, uh, <laughs> fuck it then. But eventually, because of that experience uh, with just trying it out, even though it seemed very insignificant for me, uh, I learned a lot in that process. Yeah. And made me a lot more comfortable speaking in front of, uh, uh, people in Zoom and and how to interact, how to use your hands, how to voice, how to interact with people. And that eventually now helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a really important point to like follow those things. It seems so, like I hear it so many times, at least I do, uh, that you should c- follow your things and follow yeah. whatever uh, you like because somehow you will make money with it. And that just seems so much fluff and somewhat so far away for for a lot of people, especially mm. also when I see then, um, let's say older generations like my parents, when I told them I was doing all these things, they were like, "Why don't you focus on the actual thing, like getting a job?" Mm-hmm. And that al- always didn't really resonate yeah. with me. But that's that was really hard to understand, I guess, in the in the beginning yeah. why this could be useful, and I didn't know at that point. I just noticed yeah. it's fun and I made a lot of connections as well through the podcast which helped me eventually as well a lot.
1: Of course, of course. There is a generational difference but that probably every generation says that it's normal yeah. like it's actually good. It's a good thing. That means there is change. Imagine if like we see the world the same way as our parents. I that literally means we didn't learn anything. we where, where they are. There should yeah. be a difference. There should be a change. But like I agree with you, it sounds like fluff, but I think it sounds like fluff because we don't think about it enough. Because when you start thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense. Let's say you spend every day after work watching Netflix. At the end of a month, you know a lot about what Netflix has in terms of, like, different categories of movies, uh, the duration of different series, the trends, everything. You become an expert on Netflix. And if this is something that really brings you joy and you're, like, really happy at the end of, like, two or three hours watching Netflix, you feel like, I'm actually happy with myself. That is something that I would like to continue doing, right? I'm not guilt-tripping. I'm not... Feeling this as a waste of time, then that's your freaking call. And that means, okay, well, how can I use that? Maybe you can become, uh, you can advertise this channel. Maybe you can start writing uh, blogs on on movies. You can maybe create videos with like a short, uh, like overview, like, you know, just tell people what it's about, but not like in a trailer Mm -hmm. where you end up watching the whole movie in those three minutes. But if that is your passion and doesn't make you feel guilty about doing it, means you'll be happy keep doing it and the only then step that you need to take is basically how can i monetize my passion and there is a job for everything like if there are people who make money out of lip syncing on tiktok at this point i'm pretty convinced you can make money out of anything but you yeah, need that... to gain the skills first. And that's the period when you don't make money. And it's normal. Like, think about you in education. You don't make money out of coaching the moment you decide to go for a coaching course. No, you go like six months of a course, make no money of it, read books and learn. And then eventually you get into a position to be able to use that knowledge. It's same. It's just because it's self-taught knowledge doesn't mean it doesn't require the same process. So you basically did uh, like university on podcasting or like university on like social media things on your own. And of course, it didn't bring you money right away. It's how it works.
0: Yeah, it's it's that's a really, uh, I think, important thing that you mentioned, um, especially the gap, the almost the gratification gap that you invest a lot of time and and effort. uh, And if you don't have this motivation, you eventually will stop with it. Yeah. And also, not seeing the results is really like it downs your, your motivation even more. And that's, I think, essentially why I stopped the, the first podcast that I had because I didn't see much results. There were like, yeah. I don't know, like 30, 20, 30 people listening to the episodes. And I was putting like 15 to 20 hours a week in there. And I was just getting a bit devastated and annoyed and uh, so much effort for nothing, basically. Yeah. And so that's, I think, really important that you mentioned that. And the other part that I also um, noticed was you have this self-drive of coming up with ideas of what we can do, like the simple example of Netflix, um, loving Netflix and watching it. And then you had the idea of uh, just blogging, doing a podcast, writing about it, um, creating just some sort of content. But that is also very connected to the type of person that you are, I think. Because when you're the self-starter and say, okay, I want to create something, I want to do something from your own motivation and your own energy, I think then you basically just need to wait until something is falling into place, um, and until like you find the opportunities. Because it's once you continuously do, you meet people that do the same thing, like podcasting, uh, people meet and and just other people who like the same things. And this morning I was also talking then about the manifestation, um, generally just imagining or envisioning what your life, uh, what you want your life to be like. And there's also just really interesting what mechanisms come into play. It's like you very selectively uh, look at things that could be beneficial for it so when somebody brings up now the topic of podcasts i'm like it's somewhere even like on a party and you don't usually uh hear anything and somebody says your name and then you hear it suddenly it's like the same way this is happening when you are really into yeah. topic you just notice things you read it through you you hear another person talk about it and that's how you sort of slowly but surely connect naturally organically without even yeah. putting a lot of effort in it's just happening mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, our sweet brain sometimes put us in trouble, but other times they do help us. That, selec- that uh, selection bias, it's really useful because, it, of course, we're like bombarded with alternatives of what to do, uh, just distractions basically all the time. Mm-hmm. But our brain, once we like teach our brain what is important to us, starts to pick up. And it's really bad when it happens for a bad thing because let's say you are um, um, allowing those doubts, for example, to run you through your head all the time. It is going to become important thing for your, for your brain, right? So let's say you're all the time thinking how I probably cannot stay consistent with this and, uh, I'm going to run out of content. I mean, I'm good now, but can I really do it for a year? And if I don't do it for a year, then I'm probably not going to be able to create enough, whatever, 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 whatever right? So you, st- if you think that, then your brain learns, okay. So, uh, I, new ideas, Staying consistent and having content is very important. So every single time when you, for example, just don't feel creative and the idea doesn't come up to your mind, you're going to be like, aha, that is an evidence I'm right. My doubt is right. Here it is. That's it. Uh, I I need to stop, right? Because you just pay so much attention to your, your brain is picking up on that. And yeah, here you are. Then you're giving up.
0: That's so beautiful. Uh, well, beautiful, I wanted to say. And it, it can be really. Um, especially uh, recently, I was actually having a workshop about, about exactly this uh, topic of like the mental habits that we create, not only like the physical behavioral habits, but also the habits that are trained in our minds. Like the same thought that we uh, think twice is like getting a lot easier by the, the more you, you think this, the, the same thought. So even um, recently, the number of like about 60,000 thoughts, I think per day, we at some point have, and about 90, 95% are the same or similar to the ones that we had the day before, the week before. Like, yeah, it's really crazy.
1: Oh, wow. I haven't read that research. Did you find it like some, like, how did you find that information?
0: Uh, My girlfriend did a workshop about it and found it. I I need to ask her. (laughs) I don't know. Cool. yeah, that sounds just like really interesting to notice. Oh, okay, this like similar thoughts doesn't have to be like the exact same, but yeah. the 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 way you think about a certain topic or the the response that you get when somebody's crossing in front of the car in front of you in the car and this like this is a pattern that's happening that you yeah. learned at some point. And you took it on as a child or through some experiences, and you just perpetrate it and continue it, yeah. not knowing that it's just a pattern. Yeah. And uh, I think that's so important to know about, that this is just happening naturally. Yeah. And we used uh, in, the, in the workshop, I used this uh, very simple example of just crossing your arms in front mm-hmm. of you, and you do it in a specific way. One arm is on top of the other. And why is that?
1: I guess one it's more button. natural. I always do the exactly. yeah, you're right. I always do the same hand on top of the other. I know Most this from yoga too. because like when I do yoga and they you know there are positions when you have to cross your uh, uh arms and I always go with the one thing that comes first to me and then I have to pay attention to what she's actually saying. And then yep. I realize for the second round you have to ch- to switch your hands and do the opposite. And it's always like so how ha- like I have to look at my arms and, and kind of like, so what what am I doing now? <laughs> I'm lost, you know. I I become yeah. cautious, conscious of the activity because it's not, uh, uh yeah, it's not automatic anymore. I have yeah. to think about it, and yeah, exactly. I think you're right. It's about same about thoughts.
0: It is, it is similar that we just get used to mm-hmm. thinking the same thing. So there, there's quite often also when you, I guess, coach somebody, you notice specific patterns that they fall into. Some people are very self-destructive and telling them all the time how shit they are. Some people are telling all the time how shit the other people are in, in their surroundings and blaming them. And yeah. like the way to deal with situations are quite often the same. And you notice, okay, when there's a problem coming up, how does the person deal with that? They're probably going to deal similarly to other things coming up yeah, just because yeah. that's the way they they learned it, integrated it. Yeah. And that's most of the time super fine, but you're just being aware of it so you don't do that in a situation where it's not appropriate or you just usually generalize it and do it everywhere all the time. And I think it's, it's so interesting to realize, wait, this is just a pattern that I learned and I can change it. And it's like an optimistic perspective, in my opinion, that it's just gives you the ability to create whatever you want. It just takes time. It probably took like 20, 30 years to create this habit now, and yeah. then to change it again takes a couple of years as well. But but yeah. it's it's malleable, it's changeable. So that's really awesome.
1: True, true. That brain plasticity is optimistic. Yeah. Um, And they say that brain plasticity decreases over time, but I actually wrote a post about this because one day I was sitting and I was thinking about it and uh, on the website, uh, as you mentioned earlier, because it's more broad, like my website is like about psychology uh, in general. And I actually sat down and I thought about it. I was like, you know, they tell us brain plasticity decreases over time. But Mm -hmm. there is no evidence this is physiological. It could be that we just become so good at our patterns. We become so good, we become masters of our patterns. And at some point, we start to identify ourselves with it. We we basically say, oh, that's how I am. I've always been like this. This Uh, is the way I do things. (laughs) And then, of course, your brain plasticity decreases So there is no evidence that it's our uh, physiological uh, obstacle. It could be us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, literally could be us.
0: By not thinking that we're able to change, actually.
1: The moment you say for like 10 consecutive years, well, that's how I am and that's Mm -hmm. how I do things. Uh, There is no reason, even physiological reason, that there will be any other connection in your brain that can lead to a different pattern. For the next 10 and 20, 30 years, you'll be doing the exact same thing. Hmm. And then, of course, neurologically speaking, that pattern gets super strong and everything else dies out because, you know, neurons that are not used, they die. So even if there were alternative patterns like, you know, synapses, they basically die. They become weaker, weaker, weaker. And at some point your brain is close to incapable of changing unless you put in a lot of freaking effort.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, we're kind I- of creating the situation where it's hard to change.
0: Exactly, yeah. And also I think when we just look at how children are – just presumably they have a higher plasticity, even just seeing maybe there is some physiological part in there. But you also see that they move a lot more. They have a lot more new experiences that they haven't had before, which is all like the brain notice, oh, I need I need to learn more and uh, have just being open for a lot of new things. And I think that also decreases as soon as we uh, stop you know, having so much play with with our friends and just being imaginative and doing yeah. all these other creative things. And I feel like at least in our day-to-day jobs, most of the times, we get really pressed into one way of thinking because that's how our job works, our direction yeah. is and in, 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 in the one that we go. And I think that's might that might that might be another important factor in there that we just generally don't have so many new experiences, new new input. And I think also physiologically, when you don't move that much, your brain also gets like a bit more sedentary, more like chill, relaxed, laid back, <laughs> and and it doesn't think it needs that much activity anymore.
1: Mm. Yeah. But to be a bit more like also optimistic or like positive because I feel like when we get into like the whole habits and changing topic, we tend to become a bit like judgmental of ourselves and being like, okay, we're not changing, we're not moving, we're not making mm-hmm. enough effort. Or we're, it's it's kind of like self-criticism in a way or like criticizing the that pattern. I think there is a lot of uh, reason and positive think about this because... Think about it, like for thousands of years we needed to like survive as a species. And our brain learned that it is good if you one time get poisoned or attacked, you better watch out for that thing in the next, right? Or if you know you you hunt successfully once, well that that's a good thing. Let's learn it better and better and better, right? So it mm-hmm. picks up on 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 wins and lo- losses, kind of, and then it tries to like become better at identifying the, the 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 better and the good things around us right it's just yeah. evolutionary speaking very useful skill but then for the past few de- decades or let's say hundreds of years we started being more let's say complex in a way because we changed our society we don't care about just providing food anymore uh for some people really that's like done kind of you know they it's not they don't have to like struggle with basic needs let's say hmm. and then we started thinking about philosophy about psychology about all those complex uh, abstract ideas right and we still we're still learning how to deal with that we still learn where is the balance between instincts that have been developed for uh thousands of years and complex and abstract thoughts that are still into the developing. Where is the balance? We want to be better creatures, but we don't become better over a few decades, obviously. So we also need to cut ourselves a bit of slack. It is normal that we are like this. It's not always bad. It does protect us mm. under certain circumstances. It's there for a reason. But we just need to like, um, yeah, small little effort and changes over time to get out of this instinct because it's there. It's going to be there. It's good, but we can be better a little bit, at least in some domains. Let's say you don't go and like try to change everything, but like, let's say work-wise, you identify your instincts and how you reflect to, you know, work and coworkers and be like, okay, well, maybe for that one thing, I can be a bit better
0: that's such a beautiful and important perspective yeah so good that you bring it up because like everything like that we say or that we said so far is not to say the current status is bad yeah but i think in order to like just move forward and progress because that's a lot what humans are about make things better at some point is then also accepting the current state and being completely okay with it because all the uh, patterns that we had before or have still brought us to where we are right now, to where we're at. And it's uh, such a, most cases, such a beautiful state that we learned so much. We had uh, so many good relationships, experiences. All of that is partly because of all the good patterns about the psych, uh, biology that we had and psychology that we that we have right now. So, and I think that's really important to really have this assessment of right now is actually really good. But I I think I could do something better. Like that's that's the – we focus on this tiny bit. This could be a bit better. But the actual amazing thing and gratitude deserving part is where we are right now, the acceptance of the current state. Yeah. And then this tiny bit that we just spoke most of the time about was like, oh, but how can we do like a little bit better next time?
1: Yeah. It's just a good reminder that it's a little thing. It's not. Yeah. It's not the majority of our life, and and it's good. It's a good reminder because you, if you don't feel good about uh, the general progress, or if you don't believe kind of the general good picture, then you can so easily get into self criticism, and mm-hmm. then you get demotivated because you're like, wow. Well, if it's so hard to change a habit, if it's so like, if my brain is so like programmed in a certain way. What are my chances? I'm like 30, I'm 40, I'm 50. What are my chances I do anything better from now on? And then you just keep doing the same because, well, what else you got? You know, like it's demotivating in that, in that, to to look at it that way. And also, it will be very demotivating to pick up on a huge change right away. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to give yourself a bit of like self-boost at first. So pick up small change. Show yourself you can do a small change. Mm, yes, like please learn, expand. Like yeah, that. then like if you, for example, think you're a super messy person, don't tell yourself, oh, from Monday, I'm going to keep the whole apartment clean. No, from Monday, just start making your bed in the morning. That's all. Or from Monday, let's say you actually wash the dishes at the end of the day, every day. That's it. That's all you got to do. Right, pick up one little task, stay with it, give yourself a couple of weeks of just doing that one little thing. It's going to become automatic, and after a couple of weeks, you're going to feel like you're not doing any making any effort to keep your house clean, because that one thing, it's already like a given. Mm-hmm. And then you get to sell first, you get to, sell, to tell yourself, wow, I actually made a change, I can do it. Second, you look around and your place is not so messy anymore, because this one thing, so the change then becomes more uh, doable because it's not from one to hundred; it's like from ten to hundred.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and I think that's like that—that's that, why I said, "Like, please go on." That's exactly where I've been in the last um, days as well, and also like of giving this workshop, especially about this topic. And this exact tip was one that resonated with I think most of them. It's like. Oh wait! I can create a new habit and change it just by. I, I told them just like when you want to do yoga, you can just make the goal to roll out the mat, put your clothes on, and sit down, and then the next day again until you feel like oh, I, I think I want to do a pose or something. Like yeah. just really starting so freaking so simple that your mind is like ah, it's laughing yeah. about it. Of course I can. Yeah, do that. yeah. That's the right amount. Like if you yeah. think it's like oh, I think it's doable, make it make it less. Start like super freaking s- small. And maybe then, because you were so passionate about it, it's like, where do you implement that right now in your life? Do you use that as well to like trick your mind? It's like, okay, my goal is just this.
1: Yeah, I do. I do. So actually it's about yoga. It's funny that you just, you were just talking Mm. about it and it is about that. So I used to be like, let's say six years ago, I got into yoga and for like two years, I was really passionate about it. Like I'll go to classes I'll pay actually to go to a class which for me when you start paying for things you really care about it right Mm -hmm. so you know uh, I travel a lot so at some point I realize how I have a yoga mat in like five countries which is true at the moment I have a yoga mat in five countries because (laughs) wherever I go I need to have my yoga mat right for sure however I fell out of this habit, like with the COVID and with the whole changes, everything being at home, uh, traveling even, like moving so much. It's just, I fell out of this habit. And from person who would pay for this and who do it every day and who do like 40 minutes of yoga, I went to not doing anything for like weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. And now I am I spent a good amount of time bitching at myself about it and be like, oh my gosh, you know all those things, you know how habits work, you're basically not doing what you're preaching. And I probably wasted a good amount of time, and by time I mean months, of not doing it because I would be so preoccupied with bitching at myself for not doing it. Which sounds Perfect. hilarious, but it's so. I feel like everybody around me does the same. And then because everybody else does the same, I'm like, mm-hmm. it's fine, Evie. It's normal. People are like that. That's another thing. You normalize not doing new stuff because people struggle with that around you. And you're like, ah, it's mm-hmm. normal. Everybody struggles with the same. And then you once you normalize it, you don't make the same effort because it's perfectly fine not to make the effort. <laughs> Uh, yeah vicious circle but one day i was like okay i'm done i'm just done i'm i'm absolutely done with this so i started like doing 10 minutes of stretching and my goal is just every single day to have 10 minutes of yoga stretching it's not like full-fetch yoga where like do deep um, uh, stretching for like you know for a deep stretch you have to hold a position for a certain amount of time 10 mm-hmm. seconds is not deep stretch at all it's yeah, not yeah. even any stretch But if you do 10 minutes per day, you actually learn uh, to do it again. And for me, it works perfectly fine. I'm going to give myself a couple of weeks before I go to 20 minutes because I know on one hand, 20 minutes is nothing, but compared to 10 is 50% more. And if I push myself now to do 20 minutes, I'm going to lose focus and I'm going to like get on my phone, check uh or somebody messaged me. I'm going to interrupt it and it's not going to be the same. And then the next day I'm going to remember my failure and I'm going to be like, Oh, but now can we actually do it? Are we focused enough? Uh, it's the self-doubt and I might actually not even do it at all because of that. So I better go with the 10 minutes longer uh, but then build a sustainable habit before I upgrade.
0: Mm, beautiful example. yeah. and that's yeah. that's you' basically now doing it by the book, even though you're postponing for months, but I guess now by the book of spe- speaking of which atomic habits probably the best yeah. describing this at the moment. Um, and that's that's so good. And for me actually, the other part that also helps with it, as you said, like paying for something. -hmm. Is for me now um, an interesting case as well because I didn't really do workouts or something like that that I wanted to. I did did yoga, I did meditation, but I wanted to do physical exercise more. And I haven't done that for like two years or something. Uh, (laughs) And so now we were, uh, or we are now in Uruguay right now, and there is a friend of Carolina, my girlfriend, uh, and he is a personal trainer. And so then we were just sneakingly asking, so can you help us? <laughs> and uh, he does it also pre- in a way remotely. So he just presents us with a training plan and gives us like how we do- should do the exercises, keeps us in check how we do it, how it's, how it's going. And that's all. And that's all the motivation I needed to start with it. And now I actually started from zero to four times. So it's it's a bit extreme, but I still continued for like 2 months now. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So that's for another thing th- that helps.
1: Yeah, for some things you can start from 0 to like 4 if you have the right mindset, but you even though you're saying, "Oh, I'm I'm kind of like skipping a few steps in the practical part, maybe you are skipping a few steps, but you've done your homework." In your, in, in your mind, you've thought yeah. about it. You realize what's happening. You know, it's going to be struggle. Like if you've done all the prep work, then your final outcome could, could be a bit better. Right. But if you're kind of still thinking about it in your head and kind of like still finding your way, your motivation, still like learning how the whole change and habits work, then how it's, it feels, kind of how it feels, that's... then, then you're starting with smaller steps because it's like, uh, uh, kind of like a full full project where you work on the mind and the body at the same time. So yeah, yeah you probably you've just done your homework earlier, so your effort is still like the <laughs> well, same. Well yeah that, you know? that
0: that topic is one very dear one to me as well. Like I've probably spent about this topic generally like trying to build habits for myself. Probably I think no I, I actually know pretty exact. Right when high school stopped, I started doing, starting those, those habits, wrote down when I wanted to get up, read something, meditated and everything just after high school. Um, and that was quite interesting because I got immediately into that flow of, oh, and I, I want to get myself into a specific direction and that's what, okay, I probably should do that in a habit and how other people do that, who are there, uh, where I want to go. And so is really a thing a topic that has been on my mind for years now and I'm, I mean I'm giving workshops now about it so yeah <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's been really really important and I actually want to go even further into it and make that even more the center of my coaching like the behavioral mental and emotional patterns that we have and habits that we learned over time and how to change them what it needs for us to break those patterns and create
1: and create new ones yeah totally and you mentioned that book earlier uh tommy habits i'm just curious about your opinion because i honestly didn't okay i think the book is great uh in presenting so much information in a very uh easy to understand way like, if you've never studied psychology, if you've never uh, read anything about the talk, if you've never uh, watched anything and you're completely new to the idea of habits, how does this work, how our brain organizes our behavior, basically, then that book is a great read. Yeah. But that's if you, all I mean. <laughs> yeah. But if you do have some knowledge, going through that book to me was kind of like simplifying and, and kind of almost like mm-hmm. making. S- selling their kind of like selling a, a good version of, of the reality in a way every now and then I was like oh, well you're skipping this and this here and you're kind of like selecting your arguments here and there but either way better this than watch another episode of uh, I don't know your favorite uh, Netflix show that you've already seen you you're just been watching it for like a third time better probably read a book than that for example. yeah, I
0: th- I think like in in most cases, for most people, this can be quite an eye-opener to understand how they work. just not obviously not in detail, especially when when you do when you're really deep into research right now, you notice it's not everything perfectly la- laid out. but I think with his vision in mind of like how can I help a person to become a better person? And I think from that perspective on he did a great job on helping a person to understand and get started with it, and allow themselves to, okay, how can I make this more fun? How can I make it easier? How can I make it so I can sustain habit? I think yeah. for that perspective, he laid it out really, really nicely. Uh, I liked it from, from that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe actually, my, uh, in a way, criticism stems from that perfectionism that we spoke about earlier. Because maybe this is one of my flaws. Like, I see it something, I see, I see something good, and then I get into like, well, how could it be better? Right. And because once you start learning a lot, like, okay, I'm doing a PhD. So basically, a huge part of my life is about those, uh, uh, scientific articles and people just trying to be perfect all the time because unfortunately in academia there's a lot of like strive for perfection perfectionism mm-hmm. and um this is not necessarily a good thing just because something is not perfect doesn't make it any less valuable uh could it be better yes however if it was probably closer to my idea of better some other people wouldn't have liked it so much because for them it would have been too much too complex overwhelming and actually wouldn't have helped the same people so in that sense you always if you gain this you lose that so it's just a matter of choice there's no perfect scenario
0: That's very reflective, and I think I like that perspective uh, a lot, yeah. So breaking – when you choose perfectionism, you go against other things, maybe the simplicity, maybe uh, the year it could be published, the earlier it could be published, Uh, the the clear line of helping another person get from A to B. Um, So when you wait until it's perfect – which is debatable whether that actually yeah. exists, um, then I, I think you lose actually a lot. Yeah. Like, f- for example, um, everything that we talk actually in the beginning, we were about just go ahead, start your passion, do something, start blogging, podcasting about something that you like and just go with it. If you would wait until you're done and learning it and be perfect – you wouldn't probably even have started the, the podcast yet because yeah. you might have been in doubt or about the technicalities and would still, uh, if you would try to have the perfect recording without any background noises, you probably would still be sitting and editing. Yeah.
1: And also sometimes it's a great thing to start and realize it's not good. Like, for example, one mm-hmm. of the, usually one of your self-doubts is like, um, I'm not going to be consistent or I'm not going to be good at it. You know what? Sometimes it's very informative to see you're not good at something or to see you don't like it. Like the same with my podcast. Like I did start it and now I'm sitting there thinking, well, the relationship focus is not ideal for me. I would have never learned this. By sitting on my couch thinking Mm -hmm. about my relationships podcast, I had to start doing it to experience it and to be able to reflect and and realize, all right, this is not the best idea. So there is learning even into into doing. And to me, like the most important thing here to keep in mind is the sunk cost bias because. Some cost is like, once you in invest effort, because of the effort already invested, you feel you better continue with the effort. Otherwise, the invested mm-hmm. effort is worthless. I mean, waste, waste you wasted it, right? Yeah. So, you know, many people are like, well, I've already like, let's say, worked for that company for five years. And if I continue two more, I'm going to get this and this promotion, for example. Uh, and it's, I, I'm going to waste those five years if I quit now. But actually, if you get that promotion or the job you already hate, you are investing into hating your job for the next 10 years. And this is the sunk cost thing. Just because you already put in a lot of effort does not justify you continuing to put in a lot of effort if you don't like it. But you don't learn this until you start making the effort and you see how Mm. you feel about it. You need to experience and feel the process to be able to say, oh, yeah, that's for me. Or no, that's not for me. And that's fine.
0: Such an important part. Yeah, like really getting into action and into doing about anything really you want to try. Sometimes there's a bit higher barrier, sometimes a bit lower. But just usually just start with the smallest thing. Talk to people who do this. um, Start with, I don't know, just recording with a computer microphone and see, can you speak Properly in front of the microphone, or record your first thing and publish it somewhere. Do I, I don't know those things? That's essentially what I did. I didn't have a mic in the beginning. I Used my laptop microphone for the for my very first episode. So it was very interesting to to really know how to that I did it. Um, but the other part that I recently heard a question about from a friend of mine who surprisingly also wants to start a podcast um, was, but. I don't think that what I share has value, or it, it like it's not valuable to other people because I guess doubt. Um, but but what do you think about that? And how is that for you? Like, do you think um, that anything that you share is valuable? Does it have to be valuable to to another person? Uh, so basically, why do you share things right now?
1: I think that's like the value I think it's relevant to everybody who is creating content because although we sometimes say we create a content because we just like it, we're passionate. Um, if nobody can benefit from what you're doing, uh, then it doesn't really matter if you're sharing it, right? You might as well just do it like, let's say, I don't know uh gardening like you can just do your own garden you never need to like show a picture of it to your friends or like start a um instagram account uh, explaining how to take care of plants if nobody can benefit from it then it 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 is the same thing you sharing and you not sharing so then right so you want to have people benefiting from it for you to keep sharing, for you to keep posting. You want Mm -hmm. to know that people actually have value of this. It's not just your own pleasure. At some point, your own pleasure is in doing the thing, but the value from others is the motivation from keep posting and keep like putting it out there. Mm -hmm. That's the whole idea. Right. At the end of the day. Yeah. the,
0: The motivation is, is basically there that you do it anyways. For example i could just have a call with you right now but the motivation that it might benefit others is the reason that i posted for example
1: yeah think about it Mm -hmm. you're not you might enjoy this conversation right now but you could have just had a conversation with me regardless of the recording button but you click that recording button because a tiny bit of your brain is thinking Somebody might hear this and might feel better, might get inspired or might decide to do something. Why not share it? And if you're consistently showing those contents and nobody's giving you the feedback that they somehow benefit from it, then naturally you stop being motivated, I think. To share, not to you do share, it. Yeah. Yeah. Not to do it because doing, be. the doing is coming from you. But to share... It's a lot of effort. And if you really don't reach people, you might not altogether give up on sharing, but you might change your channel. Maybe mm-hmm. you're like, you know what? I'll try writing about this. Or mm-hmm. I'll try video, because right now we're doing audio. You'll try video. I'm not saying right away you, you completely stop sharing, but you will probably try to find a way that this sharing brings, brings something to somebody else. I think that's the idea of sharing. Like, What does sharing mean? Mm-hmm. you give something and if you give and it's not it's not taken you're actually not giving right in a way it, it, it there needs to be a receiver mm-hmm. of something to to be sharing
0: yeah i was just thinking like especially about things that i have in mind right now at least like having conversations with another person basically sharing the the human experience in a way, just being as authentic human beings as possible, um, at least those things, or just sharing what you created, what you learned, like just sharing, documenting almost your process, progress. It's, I feel like the, it's almost inevitable that some person will learn something from it. So like my, my thinking right now, when he was saying that, it's like, what is a thing that really does not give any value to somebody on earth? The The problem could be that you don't find those people, but I'm not yeah. sure whether anything you do is without value to anyone else.
1: Mm. Yeah, because you're all humans and... Exactly through research. Also, research is focused on finding differences because it's a selling point. A good, like the way news, for example, a good, uh, headline is negative news. People click on negative news. Why? Because they want to be protected. They want to be safe. They want to be prepared for something bad coming up, right? In research, differences are clickable because you see, oh, for those people, this is true. I need to find, I need to find out because I'm probably one of this. I need to know. Imagine the research showing uh, most people are actually very similar. We're not that different. We're kind of all the same. And we all don't know what to do about it yet, but we're trying to figure out.
0: Okay. Sounds awesome to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it does not sound awesome to a journal that kind of want to sell articles and whatever. It's not sellable. That's so research really is really interesting, go, though. Research is all the time trying to find differences, and so many uh, um, methodological, let's say, issues are because you don't find significant effect between your groups. Well, maybe there is a reason why you don't find significant effect, and maybe if you stop trying to put people in the vacuum situation, all those like uh, experiments and like labs, though they, they don't exist in real life at all. Well, if you find Differences then, what does this mean for the real life? It doesn't exist. The same way average person, which is basically the significant testing in research, the Mm -hmm. average person does not exist. Your vacuum lab environment that helped you find significant difference does not exist. So if you take a step back, people are not so different. And that is why what you said is so true. If you're struggling with something somebody else is struggling too. If you find something interesting, somebody else is finding it interesting too because we are more similar than we're different. I just
0: wanted to give this a little bit of space because I think this is so important to 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 hear, especially now because coming from a researcher, knowing like, okay, wait, her, her main job is doing that research. So it's particularly interesting that you, you bring that up. But I exactly found that as well in my master thesis that was about the growth mindset. And even though I do like the concept of it, I do see as well that there's a lot of like, how can I make this possible in the data? Like, I have data. How can I show that there's a difference between uh, the, the group that did receive the intervention and did not? and I found so much in there like which made me actually doubt that in the end it's like Mm. is that really so true? Is that Mm. the only significant thing that really was in there? There's so many other factors in there especially I guess in social uh, sciences that are real difficult to uh, subtract from the actual life. That my perspective is also like research again searches for the differences but neglects that. I'm just making up numbers 95% of the things that are happening are similar like between mm. humans.
1: Yeah. Because when they're similar there is no significance and that is not interesting for research.
0: And that's why they're not publishing it. It's it's yes. really interesting to see to know about that bias yeah. that if it's not significant usually it's not being published.
1: Yeah. So we only learn about the differences and if you think about it if you're like if research is the primary source of textbooks that means we are teaching people what is written in a textbooks done by research that has a bias of sele- of, of uh, publishing so we're only teaching differences to people eventually we're growing into society where we're very good at finding differences between us and this whole individualism becomes so much stronger because all oh, you know oh i'm different i'm doing this thing differently than my you know uh, mm. fellow neighbor because of gender, race, age, all those usual factors, demographic factors that in the research are taken into account and put us a difference, right? You have a group of men versus a group of women. You have white people versus black people. You have older, younger generation. You compare people all the time trying to find difference and you only publish your successes. At the end, you teach people that there are differences all the time.
0: What the fuck? <laughs> that is really nicely said. I don't know, like that. I didn't see it that clearly, but really seeing the that only the res- results are being published and putting that forward. The books are written from those who are have published a lot of significant results, and those are being then taught as the main idea of of science. To um, Children and to everybody, to us. Yeah, and that's how we it, got our knowledge right now.
1: Exactly. We don't learn from, a, a, we don't learn a psychology from Hemingway because he's not a scientist. You learn it from those people who do science and science. And that's how they do science.
0: Mm. And that's actually, I, I don't know why, if I had the feeling because of that or just out of nowhere, but one big reason like for this to happen, the podcast, was also like just having this noticing this shared human experience that we're so much more similar than we think. We're so much more similar to uh, even having a person uh, growing up on the opposite side of the world. There's so many similarities still like of how we work, of of how our brain works, how we behave. We might have even have uh, had similar patterns in their uh, parents in their patterns so that we have like I don't know. We get triggered about the same things. That could be a thing, just not noticing because we didn't have this this open exchange. And I really, really love that to see uh, how similar people actually are in comparison to how different they are. So they're more more similar yeah. than than different. And it's I don't know. I, l- I love the way you just portrayed the, the signs trash the signs right now towards uh, the their their own bias it's really interesting
1: yeah i think we did like a quiet journey here we started with like follow your passion and then we went through like the struggles with that and how it is bad but at the same time good that our brain is hard to change and then we ended with like well one of the things that makes it hard is also this projection of of like comparison and like being so different because the thing is that if you believe people are so different then you kind of isolate yourself with your own struggle and you and you kind of start to believe you're the only one having that problem you're the only one in that s- same situation and that is bad for two things one uh, you don't share your own struggle so much cuz you, you just presume people will not understand and two if you want to do anything new like besides all the physiological uh obstacles like brain plasticity whatever then you start thinking that you don't have so many similar people to share with so essentially it all makes sense when you you know take a step back and you look at it It all makes sense that it's hard and the way it is but because it makes sense you can change it because if it was all chaotic and kind of like uh i don't even understand it then it's impossible to to find a solution yeah.
0: Yeah, basically, like we we went through through a small journey, and now st- taking a step back, is like, oh, we we noticed how now our brain works, how we had the conversation, how everything sort of naturally flowed because that wasn't really all scripted or planned or anything that like that. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting to see now, like step stepping a step back, and then looking at okay, what happened now and sort of then seeing all the patterns and that's exactly the way I would also approach now like when i want to change my own habits or want to change something about me is like i look at everything what happened the last weeks months how's my behavior maybe even going back to my parents like how do they things and then looking at how where do i want to go like always having the perspective of the current position the acceptance of the current state and then looking and maybe even creating a vision of how it could be, how I want it to be. And uh, that's, that's very beautiful. And like seeing all those inf- factors that influence it, like the research, like how we learn things. Um, I love that a lot.
1: Yeah that was a good conversation for me as well because i i don't think about those things necessarily right so having you asking me those questions and just like kind of putting me into that that environment to talk about this uh, also helped me uh, put things in in like all those little pieces in like together like a whole picture and verbalizing my thoughts always helps so much to understand your thoughts right so Definitely nice uh, and beneficial conversation for me as well, just like sitting here talking to you.
0: That's so amazing. Well, thank you so much for talking with me about these topics. Um, in I guess in, in the end, maybe just do you have something? I just want to give you a space now. Uh, do you have something that you would still like to share or something that out of the conversation you want to highlight or something like that? for for the end of the episode.
1: Maybe we already shared so much. Uh I think I uh, kind of need to also step back and maybe like process the whole thing for myself. So I wouldn't say anything new at this point, but if I have, to, have to like highlight anything, I'll really go with like you're not so different than the other people around you in terms of struggles, in terms of ideas, in terms of like values. And the more you look at People are similar to you. The happier you are, you will be with those people because that makes you want to connect, and that helps you understand you can connect. And we're social creatures; connection is important to us. So, uh, yeah, just look at people around you similar to you. It's gonna make you feel better about them, and then eventually about your own experience in life.
0: That is a perfect final sentence. Thank you so much. It was uh, such a pleasure. And uh, even though you didn't do have like a a long form podcast before, I think it was phenomenal and I loved it. And uh, well, thanks.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.